to another edition of our Sustainability Perspectives podcast, accompanying our Sustainability Awards 2021 and the Sustainable Packaging Summit. In this series, we are speaking to a range of leading industry players from across the packaging value chain to share their insights on major sustainability topics. Today, we're exploring the role of inks and coatings in the circular economy with colours and inks expert Siegwerk. I'll discuss challenges and solutions with Alina Mam, who is Head of Global Sustainability and Circular Economy for the company. So yeah, welcome Alina. Thank you very much for uh, joining me today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Elizabeth. Mm, pleasure on my side as well. <laughs> so uh, yeah, to start us off, um, I was wondering, obviously inks and coatings are an integral part of packaging. How would you describe their role when it comes to packaging circularity? That's a tricky one because um, the most crucial role they play is actually the unseen role. You can't really see it because they do close the functionality gap um, that develops when you switch, for example, to more recyclable packaging or also renewable materials. Um, and maybe just to make that a bit more tangible, what that means. For example, if you switch from a plastic to a paper, you lose a lot of functionality that plastic has. Um, and you have to replace this with other solutions. Here, for example, barrier coatings um, come into play. But even if you optimize within a plastic packaging and, for example, take out certain layers um, to, to make it more recyclable, you often lose properties that are important for sealing. Um, and this is also where, um, where coatings come, come into play. Um, the other part is the seam part. Um, so inks and coatings um, play a huge role in haptics and optics, of course, in non-circular, but also very much in circular packaging. Um, because only if we can, we can ensure that um, it's attractive for the brand and uh, the consumer, these new packaging formats will have acceptance on a broader level and will actually make it make it to the market, at least for now, where we're still uh, where we still want sort of the, the perfect looking package that might change in the future. I was wondering on a general level, what are the main challenges around inks and coatings when it comes to making packaging recyclable? So I referred to the functionality gap um, uh, previously, and this gap is actually quite severe. Um, I just always like to use the example, think about wrapping something oily in a plastic packaging and wrapping the same thing in paper packaging it becomes evident for everybody how, how huge that gap is. Um, here, of course, we put on all the R&D expertise and commitment that we have uh, with um, the formulation expertise, with expertise around the printing and converting process of packaging itself. Um, but I would like to actually sort of extend uh, this, this further to really address the challenge that we have there and move more towards a system approach because this is not very common yet. Um, right now, we usually work with the same specifications that a non-circular packaging had without really challenging, are these really the specifications the packaging needs? Just think about shelf life. We often optimize for shelf life of up to two years. Is this really necessary for that specific product? Um, and this is something we have to do with the brands together. Uh, this is not something we can do by, by ourselves. 
The other thing when we can approach um, the optimization of packaging towards circularity um, from a system perspective is if we also look at sort of secondary and primary packaging. We're very, very good at optimizing packaging, sort of 120% the primary packaging, um, but that might sometimes not be necessary or even possible to come back to your question. So what if we look at the secondary packaging as well? If we can optimize both a little bit, we will probably hit um, hit the mark. And this is really where ZVAC also comes into play of, of course, we have inks and coding expertise. Of course, we put R&D efforts into developing solutions for recycled packaging, for example. But also we see our role in really guiding this conversation from, from the system perspective. And sometimes that's even the more challenging part. The, the other point I want to add here is that as much as we need inks and coatings for functionality, um, especially the inks do lead to lesser quality in the recyclate. If you think about plastic, but also, also paper. Um, we optimize for that, of course. We try to um, make inks as recycling friendly as possible. But quite frankly, that has its limits. Um, if you have inks on the packaging and that um, is entered into the recycling stream, the output material will always have a lower quality than sort of what's called a naked unprinted packaging. Um, since we don't think there is a future of naked packaging, and I don't think any brand owner would be willing to give that up entirely, even if we as a consumer would be, but we're willing to accept that. That means we have to find a solution how to actually remove the ink from the packaging before it enters the recycling process. And this is something um, we work on extensively. It's called de-inking. Um, so before um, the plastic, for example, is put in the extruder to make nice new plastic, um, the ink is removed. Um, we look at it from two perspectives. The one is how can you actually design the packaging for the inking because it has to have slightly different, different properties, but also how can we prove that um, the inking infrastructure, so making this part of the recycling process, is a good business case and is technically feasible. So these are two areas where we try to overcome probably the biggest challenge when it comes to inks. Yeah, that's um, some really interesting points there. I thought it was interesting when you said that um, sometimes there's almost too much unnecessary optimization with packaging. It's sort of, an, and also primary and secondary packaging working together. Does SIGWEC have any, any particular sort of um, innovations in that area? I just wanted to dig a bit deeper there and find out a bit more. Yeah, sure. Um, yes, we do. So we spent um, a significant um, R&D effort into the whole area of barrier coatings. Uh, so again, think about the functionality gap. This is the most important thing that we have to address. Um, if you think about barrier coatings for paper, we've built an entire portfolio um, here from grease and oil barrier, water, moisture barrier um, that can be applied to paper packaging and that is um, recyclable. So does the other thing we always look at sort of not only do we want to enable the switch to a renewable substrate, but also that, of course, should always be fully recyclable um, or compostable. And of course, there are many applications today that are already in paper, but still have, for example, a PE laminate on them, so they're not fully recyclable. So this is something we're targeting with, um, with these developments. 
there are a few things out there on, on the market that have actually been launched recently. If you think about the paper cup, for example, that um, currently often still has a PE liner. We now have a printable dispersion coating um, that we can print to eliminate um, the, the PE liners. Um, similar setup for burger boxes, for example. So food on the go is, is a key, key area there. The other thing um, where we see a lot of traction of our developments is um, sort of paper sacks. This might sound super unsexy, but just think about everything that comes in a paper sack from dog food, but especially also more and more e-commerce uh, packaging moves from sort of boxes to sacks. And um, just think about your delivery that sits in front of the door for a few hours uh, and sort of moisture is creeping into, into that paper packaging. This is also something where barriers um, for paper have, have a huge influence. If we look more sort of on the plastic sides of things, um, there I would want to highlight our de-inking and delamination primer. The de-inking primer is something that we apply um, underneath uh, the, um, the actual ink um, that makes it fit for de-inking. So that's sort of the design for the inking part. Um, we have solutions for flexibles, but what was really outstanding last year is our solutions for CPAT shrink sleeves. Um, the great thing about this is that shrink sleeves so far are removed in the recycling process and just wasted. They're not recycled. Um, by making them de-inkable and putting them into material that is the same as the PET bottle, we can actually keep this material in the PET recycling loop, which is such a great recycling stream um, with, with this setup. Um, and also this is APR accredited. Um, so it's, um, it, it really proves, uh, um, proves this functionality. And the other thing here, if you move away from sort of the, the rigid plastic with a shrink sleeve and look at all the foils that we have out there, all the flexibles, a lot of them cannot come in a mono layer setup yet. There are just a lot of applications where we still depend on sort of a laminated structure, one plastic type, but still, still laminated. And here, in order to make the inking possible, we actually first have to delaminate uh, these two, uh, sometimes even, even three, um, three layers. And we've also here developed um, a primer that can be applied that actually delaminates um, these, uh, these layers in, uh, in the washing process as well. And um, I was wondering, like, as you hinted, um, inks and coatings not only post challenges but they can also be part of the solutions and um, you've hinted at it already but um, could you maybe talk a bit more about how can inks and coatings not only enable circularity but uh, also be sustainable in themselves? Yeah of course so inks and coatings they are true enablers and this is something we should focus on because the power that we have there is is immense Nonetheless, every product comes with a footprint. <laughs> There's sort of no, no way around it. Same holds true for, for inks and coatings. Um, so it is important to think circular economy more holistically, to think about not only the end of life, but also what kind of footprint am I causing in life um, of, um, of that packaging. Um, here, we're very proud uh, to announce that we've just launched um, our 2020 
five um, sustainability agenda under the title of Horizon Now, we're, we're addressing exactly that. How can we create uh, ideally zero footprint um, inks and coatings that then has the ability to also enable um, the circularity of, of packaging? Because this is what we're ultimately as, as an industry have to move to sort of a safe, carbon neutral circular economy. Mm, absolutely, yes, that's um, one of the biggest um, challenges we face in the 21st century, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> and, and sometimes one that, that sort of, um, where we lose almost a little bit of sight when we talk about circular economy, that having this carbon neutrality in there is so essential. If you think about recycling technologies, for example, as, as well, um, those work best if you have green energy feeding feeding into them. Um, and of course, sort of if we can reduce um, our footprint in, in production, that helps the overall footprint of, of circular, um, circular packaging. Mm, absolutely, yes. And um, yeah, you've already talked about um, some of Sigberg's uh, innovations that are circularity boosting in the area of inks and coatings for rigid and flexible packaging. Um, I was wondering, is there anything else you'd like to, to add to the, to the list, so to speak? <laughs> There's a lot more I, I could add that probably um, exceeds the, the time we have um, have in a, in a podcast. Um, but maybe just one more thing, because we sort of talked about the, the mono layer in plastics um, a little bit. One of the things that is challenging here is that you only have one layer where you need full functionality, full haptics, full optics, all in one spot, um, the so-called surface print. Um, and this is something we look into extensively and uh, have a very successful track record. It's not the one solution. It's really understanding, okay, for this film, what kind of um, ink setup do I need? What kind of bond strength do I need? And how do I now combine that with, um, with different coatings? And then of course, also lacquers that come on top to protect um, this, this setup because there's not another uh, plastic layer um, layer on it. So this is something that um, we have a good footprint in, but it's not sort of the one solution. It's really working together, looking at, um, at the specific packaging setup. The other thing I might want to add here, um, because that uh, is something that I really love about Zekvac, is that, of course, we look at our core products, inks, coatings, varnishes, you name it. Um, but we also look at what kind of sort of surface gaps are in there in a circular, circular packaging value chain. If you think about we use models, for example, there is still a huge space for us to explore when it comes to, to inks. If you think about the branding of reusable packaging, um, if you think about the de-inking of reusable packaging, and this is something we're actually investing resources as well to see how can we how can we bring those great ideas onto the market and make them scalable. And we use as a great example for that, more from a sort of business model side of things and venture side of things. Great, thank you. And um, in conclusion, I was wondering, obviously, monolayer packaging is um, a big topic because it uh, facilitates recycling. Um, I was wondering how can inks and coatings enable a switch to monolayer packaging? Yeah, so um, 
again, here, the gap in functionality is, is essential. So you have only this one film layer that you have to have to work with. So we look at coatings, for example, there to, um, to have that barrier. The other real challenge here often is the sealability. So you need sealing lacquers, for example, because you don't want to get um, the actual film that you have too hot. You just want it at the right right temperature. So also, um, sort of some some heat has to has to go through, um, and then of course the surface print that I that I mentioned earlier that um, sounds so simple, sounds so mundane, um, but can be can be quite quite challenging, um, especially because of course you then have to protect the print uh, with an overprint varnish um, against scratching. Uh, it needs machinability also. This is something that we as a consumer never really think about but of course for converter the speed of of the of the packaging conversion and the printing is essential and also here um, inks and coatings um, play a huge role in um, in allowing sort of same machine speeds or filling speeds for the brand owner as well yes um interesting uh important point there because um there's lots of things that um a lay person or the consumer wouldn't even notice that are happening Absolutely. in the background. Absolutely. <laughs> Great. So, uh, yeah, that brings us to the end of um, today's podcast. So, um, yeah, thank you very much, uh, Alina, for uh, answering my questions today and for sharing your insights. Thank you. It was a pleasure. <laughs> thank you. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening, everybody, as well. Make sure you subscribe to Packaging Europe or follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter to be kept up to date with any upcoming discussion panels, interviews, and commentary.